This is the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, for February 15th, 2019. In this week's episode, checking on your personal information after a data breach, creating secure passwords, how to find out if your email or passwords have been compromised, and several important things to do if one of your online accounts is hacked. The Intego Mac Podcast is presented by Intego, makers of security and utility software, exclusively for Apple products since 1997. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac Podcast, veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern, and Intego's Chief Security Analyst, Josh Long. A few episodes ago, we talked about some very serious data breaches where millions, even billions of accounts have leaked. And many times in this podcast, we've talked about the kinds of things you need to do to protect yourself from these data breaches, or what to do if you find that some of your personal data has been breached. This week, we wanted to do a deep dive episode on how to avoid getting hacked after data breaches. So when we raised this question a few episodes ago, we were talking about these collections, one, two, three, four, five. And since then, there was an even larger dump of data, wasn't there? They're up to 2.2 billion accounts now. Collection one, we, t- we talked about at length. Collections two through five were not, nobody had really dug into them very much yet. Uh, or at least no, none of the security researchers who have access to, to these dumps. And so, you know, Troy Hunt had written up a lot of information. He had included collection number one on his site, Have I Been Pwned? It's P-W-E-N-E-D. It's, it's a hacker term for owned. If you are owned, someone has access to your computer. So Have I Been Pwned uh, is Troy Hunt's site. Uh, great site. I absolutely recommend that people um, put in your email addresses there. Um, he's not going to spam you. Um, you can sign up for a notification service so that if your email address comes up in a future breach, then you'll get notified. So Josh, if Have I Been Pwned says that my email address and some password is in a data breach in one of these big collections, that doesn't tell me what website it's on. I I tend to use 14-character randomly generated passwords, which are extremely secure. I think you'll agree. But if I don't know which website has been breached, how can I know? I'm not going to go change all my passwords. How do I know what to do here? That's a really excellent question. And and this is something that I think a lot of people don't really know what to do. If, I mean, if you're signed up for one of these services, you'll, you'll get that notification and then you go, well, wait a minute, how many dozens of sites were all included in this, in this collection? Uh, there are a couple of solutions to this. One is you can go to Have I Been Pwned? Their website has a, has a subsection for pwned passwords. And what you can do, and I know this sounds really horrible and scary, but I trust Troy Hunt, the guy who created the site. But he, he has a box, a form, where you can actually type in one of your passwords and it will tell you if that password has ever been seen in one of these breaches that he's got in his collection. So now, th- again, we don't recommend that you generally just go and do this for any website. The way that um, Troy Hunt's we- website, the I Have I Been Pwned website, has been set up 
it's not actually submitting your password to his server. So there's nothing insecure about the way that this transaction is happening. There's a lot of math and, you know, stuff behind the scenes, but essentially they're, they're, he's doing this in such a way that he's not actually collecting your password from you. It stays, your password stays on that page, doesn't leave your browser. So, so this is important to know. Um, now, if you're really uncomfortable with that, which you probably should be a little uncomfortable with that, if you use one password, the uh, as Kirk mentioned, his favorite password manager, they actually have a partnership with Have I Been Pwned, and so they will actually do that work for you to let you know if one of those passwords has been compromised. Right. They call that feature Watchtower. You'll find it in the security audit section of the sidebar. Exactly. And if you don't trust Troy Hunt and his Have I Been Pwned site, and if you don't use 1Password, well, you have a couple of other options. One is you can, in some cases, export your data from one of the other password managers and then import it into a trial version of 1Password. That's one option. Another is, and this is brand new, Google actually just started something, uh, they, they have a new Chrome browser extension called Password Checkup. And so maybe you don't trust Google with your password either, but you know, they're, they're using very similar methodologies to what Troy Hunt is doing with his Pwn password site to make sure that they're not actually collecting whatever password you're putting in, but they're able to nevertheless check your passwords against um, a list of known or formerly, you know, exposed breached passwords. Right. And you're not entering your email address and password and the name of a website when you enter your password here. So this is totally disconnected from anything that would be able to identify you on a specific website. Now, let's be honest, a man in the middle could detect your email address. And then when you go to the passwords page, could trap the passwords that you're submitting. So could know that there's a link, but they still wouldn't know which websites it would be for. I suppose that's true. I, I I would say you probably don't need to worry too much about there being a man in the middle in this case. But um, you know, again, the way that uh, the way that this Pwn password service is designed, um, it's very smart. And unless you've got some browser extension, for example, that's like spying on like everything that you're typing in, which is much more difficult to do these days because as we mentioned recently, Firefox and Chrome have both limited the the types of things that extensions can do. And so it's probably pretty difficult for an extension to be able to spy on whatever you're typing into a form. Incidentally, if you run a small business or maybe even an enterprise, you and if, if you're an IT administrator, you can actually even sign up to get notified for your whole domain. Now, you do have to prove, of course, that you own that domain, but um, then you can sign up to get notifications for anybody in your organization whose account gets compromised. So this is a really, really great site, um, great service that he offers for free. He makes his money through other things, and this is sort of just something that he provides to the community because he's a great guy. What I find interesting is I just put my main email address in, and I'm seeing a discussion of a breach in 2009, a company called Elance. I don't remember ever using that company. And that makes me realize also that companies are bought and sold, and when they are, some of that information gets transferred from one to another. 
Right. That is one thing that, that can happen. Um, an, another way that uh, your email address might show up in one of these uh, you know, breaches is some of them are actually not breaches. Some of them are actually just spam lists. Um, so they might only contain email addresses and maybe some other personal information about you, like your name uh, or some other th- details. Uh, so at, at least as of the time we're recording this, Have It Been Pwned still does not actually include collections two through five there there is another site um that you can sign up i know it's kind of maybe a little bit annoying to sign up for multiple breach notification services there is another one that's called the hasso plotner institute they uh also have a service this is a little different in that you actually have to submit your email address and then they email you to notify you if you've been included in any breaches so they'll send you the report via email rather than just showing you on the website you know this sort of maybe has has the advantage of uh, if you don't want other people to know to be able to put in your email address and find out whether you've been in a breach, this sort of is is an alternative service. And, and they do have collections two through five included in the service, which is why we're mentioning it here. Right. And it's a good point because anyone can put anyone's email address into the Have I Been Pwned website to find out if they've been breached and where. And this can help if they know some of your information sort of triangulate. If you scroll down to the bottom of the page on haveibeenpwned.com, you'll see that they currently have more than 6 billion pwned accounts in their database. There's a lot of stuff out there, and it's really important to be aware that if you have been using the same passwords on multiple websites, well, you shouldn't do that. And that's going to be our first tip is the first thing is if there is a data breach, stop using that Stop using that password, one, two, three, four, five, six. Stop using your dog's name or your child's date of birth. As a matter of fact, yeah, even if you have what you think is a really good password, if if it's ever uh, been used at one of these compromised websites and you happen to have reused that password thinking, well, it's a great password, right? I might as well use this one long, great, secure password that I've memorized on every other site. Well, the problem with that is you can't necessarily know that every website that you access where you've used that password is storing your password in a secure way. And sometimes with these breaches, they're full plain text passwords, no matter how good your password is. In some cases, um, if it wasn't stored properly, now that password, no matter how good it might have been, it's not good at all anymore. And, and now people might be able to match it up with your email address or your username and, you know, use this uh, credential stuffing we talked about uh, before, where basically they try to get into all of your other accounts where you might have used the same password. Okay, we're going to go through some of the tips that are in two different articles that we're going to link to on the Intego Max Security blog. The first one is called How to Avoid Getting Hacked After Data Breaches. And Josh, you wrote this a couple of weeks ago. Your first tip is what you just said. Use a unique password for everything. Don't use the same password multiple times. And don't use like one, two, three, four, five, six on one website and two, three, four, five, six, seven on another website. And your second tip is use strong passwords. But let's just reiterate what a strong password is. What does it mean? And, and I should say this is really important to, to note. There are differences of, of opinion on what constitutes a strong password. But um, no matter who you ask, experts will at least agree on one thing, that it needs to be long. So there's different approaches to this. Sometimes people say, use a passphrase, write a whole sentence, you know, that only you're going to be able to memorize. Don't use something that's like, you know, public domain, you know, uh, something aligned from the Declaration of Independence or, or whatever, something like that. You want, if, if you're going to use a passphrase, 
um, or a sentence, make sure that it's something that is very unique and that is only exists in your mind. You've never used it or heard it anywhere else. The other thing that you can do, and, and this kind of ties in with the next tip, is if you're using a password manager, then you don't even need it to be a memorable password. You can actually choose some big old string of like pseudo random gibberish nonsense. You, you don't have to memorize it. If you've got a good password manager, you can have it memorize your passwords for you. And then you only need to remember one really good password to get into your password manager. And again, one that you're a password that you're not using anywhere else. And a password that you don't forget, because when you've put everything in your password manager, that one password is the thing you need. And if you forget it, you're out of luck. You, you said that different people define a strong password in different ways. Mac OS and iOS will currently offer you an option to create a strong password when you're signing into a website for the first time. What they use is three characters, hyphen, three characters, hyphen, three characters, hyphen, three characters. So 12 characters in groups of three divided by hyphens. And these are letters in lowercase, uppercase, or digits. And this is pretty strong in the sense that, uh, you know, you've got 26 letters, lowercase, 26 uppercase, and 10 digits, and you've got a total of 12 characters with the hyphens. It's pretty hard to crack that. Yeah, and, and so that's that's one way to do it. You know, sometimes people use like a series of three uncommonly used words. You could use words in multiple different languages. There are lots of ways to do this. Another way is to use, for example, three or four uncommon words in, you know, just some random sequence that only you're going to remember. But your three common words. So the, the, the other article that I'm linking to from the Integral Max Security blog is eight things to do right now if you've been hacked. And I discuss using a password manager to generate passwords. In the example uh, that I give, one is a 14-character random password. And the second is three common words that you could remember, icing terminal sconce. Now, what are the odds that someone else would be able to figure that out? It's not like they're memorable words in any case. The pa password managers can generate these passwords with sort of standard words that you can remember. Of course, then you still have the problem. Are you trying to create a password to remember, or are you just creating a password that you're going to put in your password manager? And you might want to use the common words because sometimes you actually do have to look in the password manager, then type it in someplace, right? Let's say your password manager is on your Mac and you're typing it in on a new Mac or uh, an iPad or something like that. So it's easier to type icing-terminal-sconce than J-O-V-U-C-B-2-Y-V-J-6-R-K-A. Well, you know, with anything in security, um, you know, there's there's always going to be a trade-off between security and convenience, right? I, I would argue, you know, it's probably a little bit better to use pseudo-random passwords that are not easily memorable and maybe a little bit more difficult to type just because there's a lot more randomness mixed in there. Whereas if you've got a password that's based on a bunch of words all put together, it, it's pulling that from a database. It's, it's pulling that from a dictionary. Yeah. There, there is something called the dictionary attack. And generally the way that dictionary attacks work is they'll use not, you know, a combination of multiple words usually, but uh, unless they're words that typically are in a row, like for example, I love you, you can't type that in <laughs> as a password in, in any combination because it's almost certainly going to show up somewhere. Somebody else has already tried that. And, and that password has long since been cracked and available on the internet. So 
Don't use any sort of variation of I love you. <laughs> That's another little pro tip for you. However, dictionary attacks cannot search for those three random words. They, they don't know that there are three random words with hyphens. And it's not like, if you remember in the Die Hard movie, the guy hooks up something to open the safe and like after 20 minutes, he gets the first character of the password and then 20 more minutes, he gets the second. It doesn't work like that in real life. It's either they get everything or nothing. That's one of those things that just drives me crazy when I'm watching a TV show or a movie and they're cracking a safe and they get the characters one at a time. I'm like, it doesn't work like that. It's not possible for it to work like that. So we mentioned Password Manager and we've mentioned this many times. Use the Password Manager from a reputable company. One way to do this is if you're strictly using Apple products, you can use iCloud Keychain. iCloud Keychain, as I mentioned earlier, it will offer to enter a strong password when you sign into a website. That information syncs over iCloud, so your Mac, your iPhone, your iPad, all your devices will have access to it. There are others. I personally use 1Password. There's also LastPass and Dashlane. The whole point of a password manager is that it is not only a very secure encrypted database, but it also saves your logins that you can easily search for them, and it can generate passwords for you as well often with a, an extension in your web browser. So it really takes all of the pain out of doing all this. It's just, it is painful. It is. And this is why people use one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll go over some more things to do if you have been hacked. If you or someone you know has got a new MacBook or iMac or switched to the Mac from Windows, be sure to check out Intego's new Mac user center. It's a one-stop collection of the things you'll need to know about using your Mac. Intego's new Mac User Center covers plenty of the basics to get you running smoothly and smartly in no time. Of course, one of the first steps you'll want to take is to install Mac security software from Intego to keep yourself protected. And right now, Intego Mac Podcast listeners can get 50% savings on Intego software, including Mac Premium Bundle X9. Mac Premium Bundle X9 is a suite of terrific Intego software that includes the antivirus, anti-phishing, and anti-spyware protection of Intego Virus Barrier, home and hotspot firewall security from Intego Net Barrier, parental controls for peace of mind from Intego Content Barrier, and much more to help protect, secure, and organize your Mac. Download the free trial of Mac Premium Bundle X9 from Intego.com today. And then use promo code Intego Podcast at checkout to save 50%. That's Intego Podcast to save 50% on complete Mac protection and security with Intego's Mac Premium Bundle X9. Intego, devoted to protecting Apple products since 1997. Visit Intego.com today. We didn't really say it in the first part, but if you have been hacked, you need to start changing all your passwords or at least all the passwords that used that password. If you were using that password for multiple accounts, you need to change it on all the accounts where you were using it. And how do you know if you've been using it on multiple accounts? Here's an example. If you go into Safari and you choose Safari preferences and you click the passwords tab, you enter your username, you'll see a list of passwords that will autofill into a website. Um, these are passwords that are in the iCloud keychain if you're using it. And in the rightmost column, you'll see a little yellow alert icon if it's a password that's used on multiple sites. I know 1Password has a similar way of, of flagging this, and I'm sure the other password managers do. This is really useful to check. However, I want to give you an example. At the top of my list is a site called A Books. It's a site that's owned by Amazon that sells used and rare books. 
And I have three entries, one for Abe Books in the UK and two for abebooks.com. And it shows the alert because the same password has been used for all three of them. But it's just three different pages on the same website that the password was saved for. When you see those alerts, don't panic if you see them for multiple related sites. Like I use Amazon in several different countries. And, you know, when you create an Amazon account, your email address and password can be used on all the Amazons in the world. So if you log into another one, you're going to be using your same information. And obviously it will show up here as a duplicate. Yeah, that is. Uh, this is great. If you're using uh, Safari as your primary browser um, and you've saved passwords, this is a really, really good resource. It's built into your Mac. So that's a great, great tip. We've said it before. We'll say it again. Two-factor authentication. And in last week's episode, we talked about how two-factor authentication is not always secure, particularly if you get sent codes via SMS. But there are other ways to use two-factor authentication. Um, we mentioned an article I wrote on the Intego Mac Security blog about some apps you can use uh, on iOS. Most of the password managers incorporate this type of feature. I'll give you an example of what I do. I have one password copy certain things to my Apple Watch. So when I need to log into a website, I can not only see the password if I need it, let's say I'm not in front of my computer, but I can also generate that two-factor code. So when I tap on a login, it shows me a code with a little uh, like a little minute hand or second hand because the codes only last for 30 seconds. That way you can be sure that your two-factor authentication code cannot be intercepted by Tom Cruise over SMS and that it truly is unique. Now, I don't know about you, Josh, but over here, all the banks use two-factor authentication. Um, yeah, there, there are, uh, I mean, every bank kind of has a, has a different, um, method of doing this, but yeah, that is a pretty common thing. Um, if your bank doesn't do that and all you're having to do to get into your accounts is type one single password, you definitely need to look into what additional steps you can add onto that process. It should be a little more difficult to get into an account like your bank account. I mean, you don't want people who, you know, especially if you've ever reused your passwords, again, we can't stress this enough. If you've ever used that password that you're using for your bank account on some other site that may have gotten breached, you may not even know that that site got breached. It may not be in one of these big public data dumps. Use a unique password for your bank, but also make sure that you've got that second factor authentication. I know you were just about to mention this, but email accounts are probably just as important in some ways as your bank accounts. Your email account is the most important. Yeah. And well, if you think about it, um, how how could somebody get access to your bank account? If they go to reset their, the, your, the password, right? There's always a password reset link on like just about every website. And typically the way those password reset links will work is they'll send you an email because they verified, you know, that you have that email address. And so they'll send an email to that, to that address. And, um, you know, now you just click on a link usually in that email, um, or sometimes they do, I hate when they, when they do this, but sometimes they'll email you a temporary password you can use on, on the website. And then you type that in or copy paste it, and then you reset your password that way. Either way, if somebody has access to your email, then now they can reset the password on any site that you're using. And that's scary. So you definitely want to make sure that you're doing everything you can to protect your email. Okay. Another thing that I like to recommend to people is that if anything happens that you do get hacked, in particular your email account, if you use Facebook, Twitter, Google, or any other site that you use to log into another website, so you know sometimes you can go to a 
a website and instead of creating an account, you can just log in with Facebook because it's easy because you just have to click a button and Facebook remembers you. Well, the problem is if someone has gotten into your Facebook account, then they can get to all these other accounts. If someone's gotten into your email, they can reset your Facebook password, get into that and get into other accounts. There's a sort of a domino effect that goes on. And you also need to deauthorize any apps that are accessing those accounts. If someone can access your Facebook account, they can turn on an app that can later access your Facebook information. You know, this is like a tangled web that stretches out. Yeah, it's 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 very a very good idea to go through your connected apps on these services. I, I've probably used more than Facebook. I think the last time that I used an app on Facebook was, I don't know, ages ago. I've gone through and cleared that out quite a while back. But one thing that um, I don't necessarily look at as often is Twitter. And there are a lot of services that connect to Twitter as well. Regardless of whether you're using social networks or or not, this is something to just be aware of that sometimes some of your accounts can have other apps connected to them. And sometimes those apps don't exist anymore. You know, that website might be defunct, you know, it may not uh, even be owned by the same person anymore. So you don't really want to leave those things there that you're not actively using. So make sure you revoke access to to those third-party apps that you're not using anymore. On Twitter, it's not that big a deal. The worst thing is that people can tweet from your account, but on Facebook, they can get all sorts of information because you don't have as much information in your Twitter profile as you do on Facebook. Also, don't forget, if you do delete your Facebook account, then you won't be able to get into any other account that you've logged into through Facebook and you know, it's just like this endless circle. Even if you're really comfortable with Facebook, in spite of everything that's been going on in the media and uh, surrounding Facebook controversies and so forth, if you're still really comfortable using Facebook, um, just consider that at some point in the future, you may not be. So before you start, you know, using Facebook to log into every service, um, just give that some thought. Maybe you want to just leave the door open to make it easier to walk away at some point in the future. So one other thing that most people don't think of is you should tell your friends and family. Don't be ashamed, but say that you know that someone's gotten into your account. And the reason for this is that if scammers do get access to your email, they might email some of your friends and family to say, hey, um, I'm in trouble. I need some money. Can you send me some money someplace? And this is actually a common scam that people will spoof email addresses and send out emails like that. Say, hey, I'm stuck in the airport in Costa Rica and my wallet got stolen and I got no money and I can't get a plane ticket. And can you help me? The way that these emails are written, they sound stressed and anxious. And you can almost ignore the fact that the, the way the person writes the text isn't the way your friend or family member would actually write that text. Right. You could conceivably think that, well, maybe because they're they're stressed, they're just not typing as quickly or they're not editing their email like they usually would or exactly. things like that. You mentioned a couple of other things in, in your eight things to do right now if you've been hacked article that I, that I think are worth mentioning in the last couple of minutes here. Um, check your bank statements. Um, I like the idea behind that. Man, if you've, if you've had... Uh, an account, anything remotely related to banking or monetary transactions that's been hacked, you definitely want to make sure to verify that nobody has stolen money from you or used your account to purchase things for themselves. Yeah, and definitely that includes PayPal, uh, includes eBay, because eBay would be most likely paying from your PayPal account or from a saved credit card. Remember, if you've been buying things on eBay and they've saved your credit card and someone gets into your eBay account, well, they can buy things using your credit card. 
Another thing you mentioned in your article is to delete any sensitive data from the hacked account. So this is something that I, I think is actually kind of intriguing because it's not something that I would have thought of. If you've already reset your password, well, then the bad guys shouldn't have access to your account anymore, right? Well, not necessarily. I mean, if the website is designed properly, then as soon as you reset your password, what that should do is automatically de-authenticate any other sessions, meaning that if somebody on some computer somewhere else in the world is logged into your account, it should immediately be logged out of the account. So they won't have any access to it anymore. But that's not necessarily what every website will do because if they're more poorly designed, they may still consider those other people who are logged into your account as perfectly legitimate users. And so they may actually still have access to at least portions of your account. Um, so this is also something to be aware of. I actually had something like this a few months ago. If you remember, my Skype account got hacked and I couldn't get back into it. Microsoft uh, kept telling me the information I was giving them wasn't sufficient to, to prove that it was me in the account. I mean, this was an account I created 10 years ago. I don't remember the security questions they asked. But then I noticed that when I went on my MacBook Pro to log into my Skype account, I launched Skype and it was automatically logged into the account. So even though I wasn't able to access the account on my iMac, I was able to access it on my MacBook Pro. So what I did is I took screenshots of all my contacts and then I sent messages to all the contacts. Then I deleted all the contacts. So whoever accessed the account could no longer spam my contents. The account is still open. I can see it in my contacts. I changed the visible name of the account to no one here. <laughs> it's nice that you actually still had a, a little bit of access so that you could shut down some of that additional stuff. Yeah, but it's surprising. And it's like you say, because it was keeping open the session on the other device. Uh, it wasn't logging it out automatically. Yeah, I say it's nice, but at the same time, it's also really horrible because nobody should be able to still have access. Once your password's been changed, that should be it. Exactly. Okay, so we don't want to scare you with this. We talk about a lot of this often because this is just the cost of doing business with digital services. There are bad people who want to access your data, and it's complicated. We understand that remembering passwords and knowing how to create passwords and dealing with all these things, two-factor authentication. You know, sometimes you just want to buy a pair of shoes online, and you have all these hurdles that get in the way. Um, so take some time and look at the two articles that we link to in the show notes. Don't worry about it necessarily now, except for the bit about reusing passwords. If you've been reusing passwords, start changing them. Uh, but keep this in mind if something ever does happen. So if you are hacked, the damage will be limited. One, one last thing you mentioned in your article is scan your Mac. If you think that you might have become a victim of, of a, you know, some sort of attack where malware might have gotten on your, on your computer, maybe that's how they got your password, um, it doesn't hurt to scan your Mac. If you're not a current user of Intego Virus Barrier, um, you can even download um, a free you know, scanning tool from the Mac App Store um, to just do a one-time scan. It won't give you active protection. You can choose to buy that later if you would like, but at least you get one you know, an opportunity to scan your whole computer for free and, um, and just make sure that you don't currently have an active infection on your machine. Okay, Josh, thanks for all this. And until next week, stay secure. Stay secure. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave a rating, a like, or a review. 
Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the online show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software. Intego.com. Intego.com.